are really blessed to have our special guest, Liz, sharing with us um, tonight. Uh, I know we gave a little bit of a welcome there, but can you really put your hands together and welcome Liz as she comes to share with us? It would be amazing. For those of you who don't know Liz, Liz is part of our church family here, and recently, um, following um, God's call, she left um, the comfort and safety of Australia to step uh, into a war zone, literally, to go to Ukraine. She has, Liz is a trained paramedic, uh, and she has, on several occasions now, felt that calling from God to use her, her gifts, her abilities, just to go and serve God around the world. Um, before this one, you went to Italy, right in the hub of the coronavirus when it went to, to work over there. But most recently, you went into this war zone. Um, literally, this is what you saw, and we'll talk some more about that. But tell us, Liz, what prompted you um, to do that? Like, what prompts you to go and to do things like this? Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I just want to first to um, support me in prayer. It, in, uh, who was faithful in this church to um, support me in prayer. It, it meant a lot over there. Um, as Nathan. So I believe that those prayers that were sent, it was really happening. So I believe that those prayers that were sent up to heaven um, were protection for me. So I appreciate those prayers. Um, Nathan asked why I would choose to deploy or go into uncertain situations. Uh, in, in regards to the Ukraine, I, I felt like the Lord had put it on my heart for a couple of months. And I think that as I do more moments uh, and, and go around the world and do mission work, I've started to see that I'm the same as them. These people are the same as me. I look into these, uh, the, their eyes and they have the same emotions as us, uh, joy, fear, sadness, uh, everything that, um, that I go through in life, they're experiencing and I can come into their crisis and hopefully make a difference or touch their lives in some ways. And the more that I, I travel and the more that I um, come in contact with all, all different types of people uh, through this work and through Samaritan's Purse, um, God's just really spoken to me how, um, yeah, we're all one big family and um, we, can, we can really impact people's lives once we uh, see them as our family, see them as our brothers and sisters, that, that um, we have the love of Christ in us to just, yeah, meet them where they're Christ at. compels you. Just, that's yeah. awesome, Liz. I, and I see that in you, just the love of Christ compels you to step into these different zones. I should mention too that you went, you didn't just go on your own um, and just travel around, but Liz was with Samaritan's Purse. She went um, with them and is available for deployment. Um, you, you sort of put your name forward, then you were waiting for quite some time to find out if you would go, maybe go or not. When you finally got the call up just before Christmas, how did you feel? Like, were you afraid in that moment? I mean, you're very bold, very courageous, and I see... Apprehension is definitely um, spot on. When you finally got the call yeah, up? Yeah, I think the word apprehension is definitely um, spot on there. So, obviously, you do not been in a war zone before. That was the first time unknown. So, I would not been in a war zone before. That was the first time, um, and it is... It's, I've done mission work, but this was completely a new, a new level and a new atmosphere, and I could feel that as soon as we um, landed in the country. So definitely um, had some apprehension and some fear and really had to think through um, the cost of going over there and, and what could potentially happen. Um, but you, you can have courage and fear at the same time, and 
I think that courage in action, so stepping out, um, physically stepping out with courage is such an amazing way to target injustice and be part of that. Because um, we see it on the TV, we see this injustice, to be part of that. Because um, we see it on the TV, we see this injustice. Uh, but being able to physically step out, even, even with fear, um, to be able to go um, is, has an amazing, amazing feeling it is. And to know that uh, we can do that in our communities too. So there is, there is unknown situations everywhere we go and even in our daily life. But um, I think that you can see the fear and acknowledge it. And then you can move past trait that I really desire to have. And, and courage is such a trait that I really desire to have. And um, I was watching the Wonder Woman movie. She goes in because she wants to make the world a better place. And I just, um, it really, because she wants to make the world a better place. And I just, um, it really spoke to me actually um, about injustice and how, um, yeah, just asking God to, to give us the courage to not just remain neutral and passive, but go in and, and fight injustice and, and do what we can in a physical uh, way to help others. So, I, I think that's really powerful because I think often we can think, well, it's either faith or fear, but I love that it's actually, um, stepping out in faith doesn't mean there isn't fear. In fact, I love this quote of fear. It means facing fear and trust doesn't mean an absence of fear. It means facing fear and trusting that God's goodness is greater. And I love that. And I could never do that. I couldn't do it. And I think that's helpful for all of us because often we think, oh, I could never do that. I couldn't do it. But um, I think, you know, you wrestle through those same feelings that often we have when God calls us into something. But acknowledging the fear, looking at it and saying, okay, God, you're greater. I'm going to trust you and continue to step forward in obedience. And it's in that place we see God do some mighty and amazing things for sure. And when you arrived on the Grand Ukraine, obviously they prepped you, you'd seen news footage of what was going on there. What was it like when you got there? Like, what was the situation actually like for you? So, I think the, um, the feeling, the atmosphere was buzz. You just had this feeling that it was electric. It was, you just had this feeling that a lot was going on and there. And um, when I first arrived, um, they said, and um, when I first arrived, um, they said, you're going to go to the east, eastern Ukraine. So I wasn't sure of that when I first arrived in Ukraine. So there's um, kind of Ukraine up near Poland, which is um, relatively safer, although in the last week, he's just dropping bombs all over the country. But when I was there, and it's still just, yeah, it's, it's the atmosphere is, I can't describe it, just... Yeah, it's, it's the atmosphere is, I can't describe it. It's time he said they're constantly looking up in the sky for random drones and looking up in the sky for random drones and missiles um, that can just come through. And I think that compared to World War II where, you know, it was such a different war back then to now. Um, and I think for the average Ukrainian um, trying to live out their daily life and then there's just random drones and, and missiles just being dropped. Um, that, is, that is their greatest challenge. It's, uh, it's a mental challenge as well for them. So, um, yeah, it was... So. And so you saw... ...thing I've ever experienced um, going into that country, so... And so you saw, like, soldiers at checkpoints like this, buildings like this, that was part of what you saw? I you did. Come? So yeah. um, as we drew closer and closer to 
east, we, into, we went into eastern Ukraine, which is where the fighting is. Um, there was uh, more and more checkpoints, more and more soldiers. Um, yeah, it looks like a war, so... <laughs> Did you find that confronting, like, facing that? Was that difficult? I did. So when I first arrived in the Ukraine, I could feel myself um, processing, again, that, that ap apprehension, um, things that I'd never... We, we, we haven't seen this in mm. Australia. The window and, and seeing things that I'd never... We, we, we haven't seen this in mm. Australia. We are, we are so blessed um, yeah. to, to be here. And it may not always be like that here, but... Um, for most of us, that, that's a new experience. Mm. So seeing tanks rolling past and knowing that there is a battle going on in not too far away. Mm. Yeah, it's... Very full on. Um, you were working in a field hospital that Samaritan's Purse had set up. Yeah. Um, and they just do the most amazing... I remember images from when you went um, to Italy with COVID and the field hospital that they set up and just the scope of it. Can you tell us a bit about how's the field hospital set up? Like how many patients do they have? Sure. So these photos, we weren't allowed to take ca uh, cameras into the war, the actual photos, because we weren't allowed to take ca uh, cameras into the war zone. Um, so there is photos at the end that are real when I got back, but in the war zone, um, so I've, I've tried to use photos that are very similar to what I saw. This, this is um, COVID in New York, but that is Samaritan's Purse with their white tent set up. So... Um, obviously it was a bit more protected in the Ukraine. It wasn't just out there in a park with all their white tents and logos. But um, So it's a, big, it's a big setup. It's a big deal. They've got an emergency department, an operating theatre hall, uh, administration tents, everything. And then they've got the kitchen, the dining hall, uh, administration tents, everything um, to help us keep working. System. Um, so they're not... They are this amazing water filtration system. Um, so they're not... They are self-sufficient. So they're not relying on the community and I don't even think that the place we were in had proper running clean water anyway. So they have big bladders um, of, of water um, and they have a big filtration system going all the time to um, keep us um, not sick and, and well fed and warm and um, yeah so it's it's a big setup and they've been doing deployments for some time now so... And how many people were working in that um, hospital? Yeah, so there would have been about Ukrainian nationals who staff, and then there was the nationals, so the Ukrainian nationals who joined us, which are the backbone of how we can keep going. There's drivers um, bringing in food for us, um, translators, drivers um, bringing in food for us, because um, there was people cooking it away and they'd have to bring it in through the war zone. Um, and, yeah, translators, the security team as well, the most important thing, so. I just think, too, um, just to acknowledge the amazing work Samaritan's Purse do. We actually have um, Stuart Beveridge as part of our church. He's very closely linked through the Billy Graham Association. I don't know if Stuart's here tonight, is he? He's not in the crowd anywhere. He might be away at the moment, but I think we should just put our hands together and give thanks to God for the amazing work Samaritan's Purse do. They are phenomenal. You said to me that when you stepped in... Um, I know you said to me that when you stepped into that field hospital, the setup, um, there was this sense of peace that came over you. Mm. Can you just share a little bit about that feeling you had sure. and what was going on there? Yeah, so as I said, we'll do the next slide. Um, as I said, driving in, there was that interesting um, sense of apprehension. And I saw this field of sunflowers and they're all dead, This uh, a thousand sunflowers. And uh, winter was really coming, it was about to snow and it was all grey and dark and gloomy and I was like, God, oh, is this a good idea? Is this just in my head? Have I just, you know, what have I been dropped into? But 
God is ever-present, and um, when we take steps of faith, hospital, um, I knew that as soon as I stepped into that hospital, um, I knew that that um, he was with me, and I realised that they had been planning this for months to keep us safe, organised, that they had been planning this for months to keep us safe, um, to be able to impact this community, and um, I just knew that, um, yeah, that... God had led Samaritan's Purse into that dark, dark place to be able to impact the community. It was, it was quite a profound moment. So, yeah. um, And oh, we'll go to the next slide. The other thing I want to say when we were driving in, um, so these civilians, this is a real photo of Ukrainian civilians, the, the army has really done well in regaining a lot of territory, but it is obviously really done well in regaining a lot of territory, but it is obviously still dangerous. It's near the front line, but there is courageous civilians that return to their houses, to their places to clean up and rebuild. Or, I'd, yeah, so that to me, seeing civilians as we were driving in, uh, walking around the streets, sweeping up, um, putting windows because windows always blow out with bombs and um, that, that spoke to me so much. They were so courageous to tell and they still certainty not knowing what the future held and they still are willing to rebuild their lives and keep going. Mm. Yeah. See that happening mm. all around me. Mm. Yeah. And uh, your actual roles for there, your, your paramedic, you trained, what, what was the particular focus of your time there? You know, what was the conditions like working in there? I know it's freezing cold in Ukraine. Can you just tell us a bit about what that was like, what you were doing, yep. what the conditions were like for you personally? Sure. Um, we'll go to the, yep, the next slide. So um, my role was as a paramedic, so I worked in the emergency department tent uh, with the nurses and the doctors there. Um, and I've also been trained in x-ray, so they, um, they transport their very valuable x-ray machine, it's a portable one, and so I saw a lot of um, shrapnel in people's legs, abdomens, arms, they've been carrying it around shrapnel in people's legs, abdomens, arms, they've been carrying it around for months, um, so just shrapnel flies everywhere when bombs hit the earth, so... Um, you could see shrapnel indentations in um, a path that we would walk. So um, when we um, had a break, we were allowed outside um, and we had to stay on this path. So it was a, a designated path in a park. We couldn't step a couple of metres away either side because um, it may, even on the path there was just concrete in yet. So, uh, but even on the path there was just concrete indentations with shrapnel everywhere and um, there was a massive crater as well um, in the middle of the park um, and there was a crater over where a man's house was. That is of destruction everywhere you look um, and that is a very, very confronting thing to, to see. Infrastructure just destroyed. Libraries, schools, children's schools just uh, raised to the ground by the Russians. Mm. So, And uh, I know you experienced some pretty intense uh, or source saw some pretty sad things take place. Can you share maybe a story of one of the saddest things that you sort of had to deal with and process? Sure. Over there? Um, so I've, I've got a couple of stories. Um, the first one was while I was walking in the park, um, I saw a lady rummaging through our hospital bin for food. Um, and that, I don't know, when I looked at her, I, I felt like 
she was Australian, I, I just had this sense of connection with her and I thought, imagine if you stepped out of your house and you saw an Australian rummaging through a bin. I mean, it's the same thing and, and that really impacted me that, um, that they're, they're hungry, they're starving over there and they're having to do that. Um, and the next slide, so this one was confronting as well. So um, we, a lady came in, um, the medics, the Ukrainian medics brought her in and um, she'd, she'd been in her house for days. So um, um, these people, they've steadily, the temperature was dropping. So um, these people, they've, the electricity has been taken from them. Um, and so she had been steadily getting colder and colder. And um, so they had brought her in and, and she was hypothermic. Her skin was like ice and all her clothes were wet and she'd just been in her house. Uh, for a long time and uh, when she got into our emergency tent she she was looking at me and um, she she was breathing she was conscious um, but she died in front of me within minutes that that um for some reason that that really impacted her out there um, how many more elderly and vulnerable are out there um, in their villages being affected by this. How many more people are cold? How many more? And it's the nature of war and what he's doing um, with the electricity. To, it's to break the morale of the civilians. Um, but yeah, watch, watching her die was, it was very, um, very sad, so. I think what's significant there too, like just hearing your own emotion, the, the injustice, that's God's heart too. Like God's heart breaks at the injustice in our world. He looks at this and goes, this is, keep breaking our hearts broken too mm. by that in the same way we need to keep asking god keep breaking our hearts for the yeah. injustice in our world where there is need to yeah. go uh, in the midst of the devastation zone you saw god at work in, in just the chaos of of that war zone you saw god at work in in powerful ways can you share maybe a story of of how you saw god working in a mighty way in the midst of um, sure. all that was going on there well i think that seeing these skilled workers that uh, and having a skill is so valuable. I just would encourage anyone studying or trying to acquire a skill. It, in a situation like that, it's, it's so valuable. Um, we had an elderly man come in and he, um, ha his leg was blown off by a, a landmine and um, we had an amazing surgeon who joined the team and um, he, he was able to do surgery straight away on this man. We'll get the next slide. And... Um, Sadly, his leg was amputated, but um, I could see that God, um, I don't know, used, was using that surgeon to, to keep this man alive because without, without him, he would, he would have died. So he, he was going through his um, firewood, a pile of firewood, and um, the Russians had stuck a landmine um, in his firewood and he'd gone to get a piece of wood and his, that as they retreated... Um, from the territory that the Ukrainians were gaining. Um, another man, the Ukrainians were gaining. Um, another man came in, so he, um, he'd been in his basement. Um, to, so you go into the basement to shelter from, uh, during an air raid. Um, and he, um, he fell over, he was an elderly man as well, and he broke his hip. 
He was in his basement then for three months because there was rubble on top of the basement. So he was, and his family couldn't get to him um, and his neighbours couldn't get to him. So he was in his basement. He, had, he must have had some food and there was water. But finally they, they got him out. Um, he had a broken hip and he was brought to the tent and he was covered in feces, like covered completely in poo. <laughs> and he was so emaciated and skinny. He looked like he was from a concentration camp. Um, you could pick him up. And the nurses, the beauty, God bless nurses, they, they worked at cleaning his skin inch by inch um, to get the feces off and um, just love him. And they gave him a hot shower because these people haven't had hot showers for months. They have scabies, which is like um, bugs under the skin from not being clean. Um, and so they, they just loved on him. And he, he asked them across the world to life to, to Christ. He did. Mm, amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that, that that's the ultimate when uh, you're able to give out the love of Jesus like that and then they, they come to Christ. It's amazing. Um, I was going to say that um, Corrie ten Boom, she was in a Nazi concentration camp and she said love is the strongest force in the world mm. and where there is atrocities and we were in a place where there was stuff happening. Um, we, I feel like that love of God shines brighter and it is so, so true. Um, you were able to connect with... Amen. So, so true. Um, you, of the feeling among the local people there, like... What was the sense of the feeling among the local people? What's the atmosphere, the mood like? And, and just some of those, the ways you were encouraged or blessed um, by those connections you made with some local people here. Sure. So um, I travelled on a lot of trains. So they don't have any aeroplanes. No, in, there's no aeroplanes in the airspace because it's so dangerous. Um, we can go to the next slide. So on the trains, I met a lady, um, one of the trains, and I just, there's a sense of resoluteness. So these people are willing to fight for their freedom. And she said her, her, um, her family, her parents were dying. She said, we will not return to... They were, they were starving growing up. And she said, we will not return to this, even if it costs us our lives. Um, and so they are kind of... Some of them are going to other countries as refugees, but she had actually returned from Ireland. She'd been sponsored to go to Ireland. And she said, no, I want to go back to my country and just stand firm and stay here, even amidst everything going on. Um, yeah, and then uh, next slide, uh, uh, the Ukrainian translator. So um, this is a photo, so I could finally um, have my phone when we got back to Kiev, which is the capital city. Um, and so uh, the guy on the left, he's a Ukrainian. Discussions with patients in the tents, um, all our medical discussions with patients in the tents. Um, they, these, they're so intelligent. They know two to three languages. They're educated. Um, so his name is uh, Ruvim, which is Jewish. Uh, it, I think it's, no, Ruvim, but it's, it's Ukrainian for Reuben, Jewish. So um, I asked him one day, I said, aren't you afraid after this really bad day of shelling and bombing? And um, he said to me, no. He said, our only true protection is in God. Um, he said that, we do not have in God, I am protected in die. And he said, I'm safe in God, I'm protected in God. He's, my life is in his hands. 
and um, that that really spoke to me. And he has so much joy in the little things. I mean, he's he's dealing with this every day of his life, um, and his family's business um, is destroyed because of the war. He has to live in a really small apartment with his whole family. He doesn't have a car, and yet he always had joy when he was working with us, serving serving our people, uh, serving the Ukrainian people. Um, and I'll just give you a sense quickly, a video clip of, of what particularly um, now and also back in February, March, April of last year, um, but now again, this is kind of the sense of um, how it feels when, when there's things flying through the sky. So we'll just go to the um, video clip. This is an air raid siren going off. confronting, isn't it? Mm. Um, particularly seeing the elderly and the young ones there as well, trying mm. to take cover. Very confronting. Mm. You're also connected with the security guard over yeah, there as well? Yeah, yeah. So, um, have we got the next slide? So, this is Vlad. Um, he's 19 years old, so he was um, helping out with security um, at our emergency field hospital. Um, so, seen some very sad things in his short time in life. He's seen some very sad things in his short time in life, our emergency field. So after we finished our emergency field hospital, he went back to his family home. Um, and um, I'll show you uh, the next video clip um, shows uh, what he found when he went back to his family home. Хорошая была комната. Ой, боже мой. Это моя кровать. Все хата. Внутри. Внутри. А то некто так цикотельня была. So just a short clip that he sent me only a couple of days ago. Mm. So, yeah. Cool. Very cool. So he he's saying that he the family the family were okay. They sheltered with um, some neighbours, so they were not injured. Praise injured, praise God. Um, but um, yeah, his his whole house has been destroyed. But they're talking about rebuilding already. They'll they'll need finances, but he. And his family have the courage to say, no, we, we want to rebuild again. Mm. We'll clean up and keep going. So, yeah. yeah. Go bag. Um, can you just tell them you had to keep with you a go bag? Um, can you just tell us what a go bag is? Sure. 
Um, so a go bag is a small backpack that we keep everything for an emergency situation. So our bulletproof vest, um, some energy bars, warm clothing. I put my Bible in as well, like a small Bible. It's a good thing um, to have in a go bag. Um, in a water bottle as well, so that you can grab at a moment's notice um, in case something does happen. So mm. there was that real risk there in yeah. our helmets, which, yeah, when I did there. have to use it. You did actually have to use that go bag when I you I did there. have to use it. And we can't go into all the details around that. Um, yeah, for to wrap up tonight, Liz, really careful about some of the things she shared, but um, just to wrap up tonight, Liz, one of the most significant things, I think, is you saw God at work, but what was God doing in your own heart while you were there? And always when we step out in faith, this is the most powerful part, is the work God does in us. Can you share a little bit about what you sense God was saying to you or what he was doing in your own heart while you were there? Sure. So I think I put these photos up because seeing that in a 360 view every day um, was really challenging. So... God said to me, what if I stripped everything away from you, everything? How would you respond towards me? So would you be like Reuben and keep faithful to me and believe in my protection and my love? Or would you harden your heart towards me? And I'm not saying that that will happen to any of you, but it may. And I think that there are terrible tragedies that happen to all of us. And that thing that we maybe treasure or value most is taken from us. Um, I feel like sometimes we are so intent on building um, our own personal kingdoms, building them up, and seeing this all stripped away um, over there, um, it did speak to me. It was taken from you back home. Um, because this is... Um, because this is a real thing for these people. This has actually happened to them. And um, would I remain faithful to God? Um, so if that's, if that's happening to you right now, if you are in a tragedy, um, you don't have to put on a brave face. Or I think we use a lot of words sometimes and long prayers. And, but really, when it comes down to us, we need faith. And faith is not this loud, out there, sort of sugar-coated thing when it comes down to it, when you're in that experience to God. Mm. It is so simple. Mm. It is such a simple act to just say, so simple. Mm. It is such a simple act to just say, no, I'm going to keep believing in you. I don't feel like it. I don't have the feelings there, but I'm going to keep believing in you, mm. that you, you are there and that you love and you care about me. It's powerful, Liz. Very powerful. <laughs> um, when we die, everything, we won't have anything left. Not our career, our successes with those things. But at the end, there's going to be one thing remaining. And that's why he says our faith is as precious as gold. Mm. And that is the thing that I, I took away from, mm. from this um, don't lose faith in God, mm. even, even when you're hurting, even when life hurts you, mm. um, even when your world collapses in front of you. And if that's not you, if you're not in a tragedy, I want you to think about for this year, 
um, am I building up my own personal kingdom? Is there things that I need to surrender? (laughs) Surrender to God um, again, um, because He doesn't want us to go through suffering, but life can be about suffering for a lot of people. So, well, how powerful is that? Isn't that powerful? Yeah, praise God. Yeah, praise God. Liz, for your testimony, for your message. I want to take a moment just to pray for Ukraine now and then we're going to um, worship and respond together. But will you join with me in your heart as we pray for this region of the world? Ask God to bless and to help her story, her faith. I want to say thanks for Liz's testimony, her story, her faith, uh, her willingness to step. We join our hearts to pr- and to be your hands and your feet. And together now we join our hearts to pray for the nation of Ukraine, Lord. We see the devastation we've heard, Lord, of the impact it's having. And we want to pray, Lord, for your peace to come into this region of the world. We pray. We know your heart breaks, Lord, when you see what is taking place. And so, Lord, please come, step in, do your work. And, Lord, we want to pray for those you are using to bring hope and light in the midst of the darkness, Lord. Empower them. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, empower them, fill them, fill them with courage, Lord. And, Lord, those you're mobilizing from around the world. Um, to step in, um, just like Liz, Lord. Thanks for Samaritan's Purse. Bless them, we pray. Bless the work they're doing. Other organisations, Lord, working to support and to help and to show your love. And we pray, Lord, like, thanks for that story of that, lay, of that man who came to faith in you, Lord. May there be many, many more stories like that. We bless Liz too, as she continues to, oh Lord, we just lift this up to you now. Pray for your blessing. And bless Liz too, as she continues to process everything she's been through. Be with her, I pray. But we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we thank Liz one more time? Thanks, Liz, so much for sharing with us. As we close tonight, we're going to sing a beautiful song, actually, that just talks about trusting in Jesus, our faith in Him. And I just want to leave you with two verses of Scripture. Um, I think when we face suffering and trials, we see it in our world, we face it personally, it leaves us asking those questions, God, where are you in this? Um, How could a loving God allow things like this to take place? We can begin to question even, God, can I trust you? Are you with me? Um, The the emotions, the range of emotions can be deep and complex. But I loved um, what Liz said there, that it was quite simple. It was just clinging on. Sometimes it's as simple as just saying, God, I'm just holding on to you. I don't understand what you're doing. I can't make sense of it. And the verse of Scripture uh, I wanted to leave with you tonight, if that's where you're at, is Isaiah 41, verse 10 to 14. It says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Don't fear, I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will with my righteous right hand. I want to tell you, God's hand is mighty. His right hand, it's a hand of justice. I want to tell you, God's hand is mighty. His right hand, it's a hand of justice. It's a hand of protection. It's a hand that is able to to shift things that seem impossible this world. God's right hand is a mighty hand, I want to tell you. And He promises to help you, to step in for you, to be with you. And I love how the verse continues. It says, All those who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war, I am the Lord your God who takes... And it says it again, verse 13, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of... Isn't that a beautiful picture? It's Him holding on to you as you... Isn't that a beautiful picture? 
It's Him holding on to you as you hold on to God. But I want to tell you, He's got a good, firm grip. He does not let go, God. He does not let go. I'm holding on to you. And He says to you again, do not fear. I will help you. The mighty God says to you tonight, He says, I will help you. If you will cry out to Him, you'll say, God, I need you. I want to help you. He says, I will help you. He promises to do that tonight. What a promise to grab hold of. The start of this year, whatever your situation, I will help you. I'm holding on to you. Do not let go of me. I'm holding on to you. Do not let go of me. Name in there. Do not be, says, do not be afraid, little Israel. You can put your own name in there. Do not be afraid, Sarah. Do not be afraid, Tim. Do not be afraid, Michael. Whatever your name is, put in there. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. For I myself will help you, declares the Lord, the Redeemer, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I want you to take hold of that promise tonight if that's where you're at and you're saying God where are you what are you doing Liz has testified to it you can know that in your own heart and the other part of tonight as we come to respond is God is calling us to be a people who step out of our comfort zone it's so easy like Liz said for us just to be distracted by the things of this world to forgive we'll give an account of our lives that there is a lost and moment where all of us will give an account of our lives that there is a lost and broken world around us and I know it's so easy to become immune to that or just to think yeah it's too big I can't do it but God calls us because of what he's done for us he says now I want you to go I want you to be my hands and my feet I want to use you as my people, as, as my church to go and to be his hands and feet and for in faith, out of your comfort zone at the start of this year to step out in faith, out of your comfort zone to take a risk of calling you, step out you've heard Liz's story and something within you is stirred, so he's calling you, step out you've heard Liz's story and something within you is stirred, so you know what I've been making my plans. I need to readjust those plans because I realize I've just been about building my own little kingdom. And instead, God's word to us as his people is saying, no, no, not your kingdom, but my kingdom come. I want my kingdom to come in your life. And it's a readjustment, a realigning of your plans tonight, saying, God, I'm available. I'm a bit nervous. I'm a bit fearful, just like Liz was. But don't let that hold you back tonight. Because it's in that place where you will step out that God can meet you. You will see Him at work in your own life. And I tell you, you do not want to miss out on that. You don't want to miss work in your own life. And I tell you, you do not. It literally is like that. It goes so quick. But now the decisions, because life literally is like that. It goes so quick. But now the decisions you make, particularly some of you who are younger and you're making decisions, I want to encourage you, make the decisions now that are going to count for eternity. And how you seek to, to look forward in your life, how you seek to make decisions that Jesus I want to put you first and I want to be available and I want to step out in faith. We want to be a people of faith who walk by faith and not by sight. We want not just good stories, we want God's stories where He comes. A song that just talks about trusting in power. So we're going to sing this beautiful song that just talks about trusting in Jesus. An old hymn. The team is going to sing the first couple of tags. It just says, It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. It's the best place to be to trust Him. That's been used by him, but tonight, then sing hymn of heaven that talks about just surrendering our lives, being used by him. But tonight, on this first Sunday of a new year, we just want to pray for people. We've got some anointing oil down the front here, and we just want to pray for you. The pastors will be here, some of the prayer team, just to pray for you, to bless you. 
tonight you're just saying, Lord, give me courage to step forward in faith. And we'd love to pray that for you. Just We want to anoint you and pray for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit for you for this year ahead. God's blessing for you and that awareness, strength and encouragement if you need that tonight. Faith to step forward. And I love actually um, in, in Joshua 1 where um, it says, you know, to be strong and courageous. Joshua's worried. He says, be strong and courageous. God says, I'll be with you. So they're getting ready to cross the Jordan. And for some of you, that's the word tonight. You've got to be strong. And I love it. Step forward in faith, out of your comfort zone. And I love it. Later, just before they crossed the Jordan, this is what it says. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And this, tonight, for some of you, that's the step. You're going, Lord, here I am. I just want my life to be consecrated to you afresh. We're going to anoint with oil, pray for you, ask God's blessing for this year ahead. If you're here um, with, a, with a loved one or someone you know, you want to come together, you can do that. As a family, come. We'd love to do that. If you're here as a couple, come. We'd love to pray for you as well. But don't we stand together? Let's jump on our feet and let's just sing these words this song. And you feel free just to come as an expression of your faith and trust, your availability tonight. We want to pray for you. Ask God to bless you and anoint you by His Holy Spirit.